Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Listen Give Live Radio Time. And I'm excited because we have Mr. Jay Logan back. We lost him last week due to technical breakdown in Japan, but he is back with us this week. He is waiting online to come on, but before I come on, I just want to tell you that we have an amazing cast today. We have Mr. Armand Johnny, the commercial attaché to Haiti, back again with us to talk about technology and women. Okay, and we have to tease Jay a little bit because because of his technology breakdown, I got to be with Mr. Johnny last week, okay? And this week we have also Margaret Nagel and Emmanuel Jahl at 135. That is going to be a conversation that I can't even wait to get into. As you know, Jay and I love dealing with music, technology, and film and everything that makes a difference, okay? So without further Further anything, I'm just going to bring on Mr. Logan. Yay! You're back. How are you, my friend? I am doing wonderful out here in uh, in Japan. Um, I apologize to our audience last week, uh, technical breakdowns, but um, I'm back. And, yeah, what's going on, Miguel? It's wonderful being back on the show. And I know we have well, a great one today. Yes, you were missed, sir. So missed. But I think you know that. <laughs> so, um, you know, Jay, um before you know we get into we're gonna have we're waiting for Mr. Uh, Johnny to come on, we're gonna get into a little bit of the listening gift sound bites. So I'm just gonna share a little bit before um I know you have some sound bites to share as well. Yesterday we were at Business Insiders uh conference, Ignition two thousand and fourteen. We wanna say hello out there to Valerie. Um it was very interesting, Jay. We had Judy McGrath, who used to be the former CEO and starter of MTV, talking about how kids, you know, really consume media. And she was talking about how, you know, some of the artists who weren't well-known at the time would use the media to have all these girls at the hotel. And the hotel would say, well, who are these people that you have that's at our hotel and are they a star or something? We've never heard of them, but yet all these girls are here. So it's just like how kids, young kids, consume media and how someone unknown with MTV support was able to do that. And Or another situation where they have a young lady who is just interviewing in her neighborhood people that she knows. She's 20 years old. She's making a difference out there. And she's interviewed even uh, people from the Wayans Brothers uh comedy show and so forth like that. So that's, those are the kinds of things she was just saying how MTV will help the person in their community um, interview, have fun, you know, just do the things that teenagers do. Take media and support them in being a teenager really is what it comes down to. And then there's a company called Oculus where, Jay, the actual, we're here. It's no longer on TV where you put the goggles on and you go into a virtual reality and your body, your mind, everything, your spirit believes you are right there. So, you know, it's a little, I said that was, Google Glass was one thing. This is a little bit much for me. I don't know if I'm ready for that because it's really, it's here. It goes on sale next week, and it's called Oculus. And it's been bought by Mark Zuckerberg, 
the two billion dollars from Facebook. So there you go. Wow. Wow. I know. I'm looking forward for that. Uh, Well, I think I can wait. I like my reality just where it is. So (laughs) I do, Jay. I truly like my reality right where it is. But, Jay, I know you have some sound bites for the audience, and while you have the sound bites, we're going to go and get Mr. Johnny, okay? Okay. I will definitely share them with the audience. Um, Thanks. Thank you so much. Well, everybody, I wanted to just say um, they have a new ultrasound, which creates a haptic shape that can be seen and felt. Kind of like some of the movies out here with all this new technology, uh, images that you can kind of feel in midair, you know, generated by um, pretty much ultrasound. So, Let's say that you wanted to play a game and you wanted to use a ball. Well, the ball wouldn't really be there, but it will be an ultrasound image, which you can feel as a physical ball. You can play with your kinetics or your games or in various technologies. It would be very, very, um, very interesting to, um, to have this new research. Right now, Disney is using this uh, new technology um, for imaging, and so this is going to be something new. Which um, now you can actually put things in front of you that don't actually exist, and you can make physical objects with ultrasound. Uh, so look forward for this technology to be available soon. Um, not only it will be 3D models used in hospitals, um, you know, uh, and it'd be great. This is going to be some great space age type of stuff that's going to be used in the future. So she wants you guys to be prepared for this new ultrasound and as it creates haptic shapes that can be seen and felt. And uh, you check it out. Um, the other bit of news is, I don't know if you guys remember um, the song Gangnam Style, but apparently they got so many views that it's got 2 billion views. It kind of broke the counter at YouTube. Um, so therefore, uh the YouTube staff and the people over there have to go back to the drawing board because basically um, the counter broke. I mean, this video is, this just went viral and um, just blesses the YouTube view counter. So when you see a little view counter, it says, you know, a million views, two million views. Just imagine seeing two billion views. This has happened. So basically they have to go back and uh, reevaluate and, uh, stay tuned, you know, I mean, this is the biggest thing that's ever happened. Um, they didn't know, they, have, they, they didn't think that it could be, see, a, a bigger 32-bit integer number on the view counter. So it's amazing. I mean, 2 billion headed almost to 2.5 billion. And I think that's amazing that that many views on um, Psychic's Gangnam Style buses the YouTube counter. So that's 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 a milestone. Moving all right along, um we have a bit of news here that's very interesting. Um in Japan, I'm over in Japan as you guys know, and over here, you know, they usually start teaching English in the fifth or sixth grade. Um but uh Akuban Shimoshimura he wants to start education, as far as English education, 
in the third grade and start the kids a little younger. Uh, English is the second language over here, and they're really trying to stress that the Japanese um, are able to learn English sooner, you know, because that's the language that they're going to be dealing with a lot of people around the world, and they want to be able to be able to be competitive in the world market. So we'll look, sounds, uh, we're back, Mr. Logan. We should have we should have Mr. Johnny on shortly. Sorry to interrupt you, sir. Uh, I really love what you're sharing, so we will let you finish that and go to the next soundbite while we're waiting for Mr. Johnny. Okay, yeah. So basically the, the Council for Education will be working on full guidelines of revisions to produce this uh, to start teaching English in Japan in the third grade. They, they, they hope to have this implemented by 2000, I believe, 2016. And, you know, it's, it's, really, it's wonderful. You know, I, I'm over here in Japan, and I, I see the kids, and, They'll come up to me. This is wonderful people. This one of them came up and said, "I love you." That's all they can say. But it's just a fact that they're learning English, and um, they're learning it better than me because I can't speak Japanese. And the little kids, you know, it's kind of, kind of, it's it's kind of like crazy because I can't speak Japanese, but they can learn English faster than I can learn Japanese. So, very smart kids over here in Japan, and I'm looking forward to them learning English and being able to participate in the world marketplace so they can you know, participate in the marketplace and make some good things happen. And uh, the last bit of news I had was kind of neat. Um, coming from most of the movies that came from Disney, believe it or not, um, a lot of the babies <laughs> are being named after uh, some of the great uh, Disney characters. Um, Lisa from Frozen, uh, matter of fact, uh, Gail, um, your name is uh, <laughs> a good name. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah they're, they're, they're naming they're naming um, the Hunger Games. It's a, a character named Gail from the Hunger Games. That's one of the the new names that a lot of people are naming their newborns. Um, well, then maybe uh, I should name. Maybe uh, and then maybe someone will name their child Mockingjay. The uh, name of the movie. Uh, maybe. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> you never oh, know. These, Mockingjay. These, these, oh, wait a minute. Isn't your name Jay? We will call yes, you Mockingjay. <laughs> Mr. Mockingjay. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I, I, okay. you know, of course, I wasn't trying to give you a hard time there. But we will call you Mr. Mockingjay. How is that? <laughs> That, that that that's that's okay. I'll, I'll take that for now since I'm over here. But when I get back to America, I will come to see you, visit you in New York, and, <laughs> and you'll have an and you'll have a name for me. I'm sure. I'm sure you will. You know, Jay. One, one well, your name things... is good now. You 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 are you're on the high now. You know, your name is one of the you know the guy from um, Gail. He's, uh, his name is Gail, and he's from the Hunger Games, and that's one of the popular names now. Actually, you're in the my name is no longer as popular as yours. You know, it's uh, it's amazing. Uh, Walter from Breaking Bad, Skyler, and Jesse from Breaking Bad. These are some of the names into this year were on the rise. Um, but inter- in- interesting enough, Gail was on the rise this year. Um, well, I, I can't help it if I'm a star, you know, on the Hunger Games. Now, you know, maybe <laughs> you'll give me my, my next uh, contract, everyone I didn't tell you. But I'm I'm really you know the gal they have in the mocking chain uh, right now, and uh, you know I can do all of the 
the stunts that, you know, she could do as well, you know? Please go ahead. You can continue talking. I'm, well, I'm going to, to, to call you mocking Jay throughout the next interview. I just want to let you know that. I just want to finish it a little bit. Um, you know, Frozen, Elsa, that's the most uh, one of the most popular names for 2014. And believe it or not, did you, did you, would you believe they would name their baby Olaf? Oh God, no! And I, I don't know that. <laughs> and Crystal. That's one of the next. I'm not. Who is going to name their baby after the snowman? I mean, come on. But anyway, let's let people know. It's kind of funny. Wait These movies have influenced America. <laughs> Frosty the snowman, so, right? Yeah, it's just interesting. Yeah, that's a snowman guy. You know, I'm just like, oh wow, okay. I don't. I, I, that that child is going to be, you know, pretty upset. Um, but you know, Olaf. <laughs> you know, Olaf, do your homework now. Okay. But anyway, basically, <laughs> that's what's going on. <laughs> that's what's going on with the sound bites today. I appreciate all you guys listening to those. And I'm looking forward to the Japanese kids learning English more. And uh, you know, like I said earlier, uh, YouTube has hit a milestone. You know, you know with uh, Gundam Style has got 2,100,000,000 views. And you want to know what's interesting in that. What I'm wondering is what is publishing. So when we say publishing uh, to our audience, uh, YouTube, when you're in music, you have publishing, and publishing comes through many, you know, venues. So I'm wondering what the, if, what his publishing is like for YouTube. Incredible. I, I, I would guess a month they would be hauling in at least, I'll just say 600000 a month easily. Um, with, you, you think know, so? advertisements, everybody, you know, yeah. They have to, they have to be. Everybody wants to advertise. What yeah. I'm wondering is, you know, is for the music market, you know, China has not given an opening to some of the social media that's around. So my question is, I wonder if China has allowed in, you know, because this, you know, that is, I believe, from Korea. So I'm wondering if China has allowed in the opportunity you know, for getting them style to grow popular there because they have their own channel, Weibo. Uh, I think that's Weibo or something like that, so I'm not sure. But the interesting fact about um, about all of that, to be quite frank, is that um, still I think it's almost two years later now, he still has gained so much popularity. Right. That's uh, it's incredible. And even uh, I I wouldn't either. I'm wondering what the videos are also that he's done with MC Hammer that um, did Gangnam Style because MC. And so you know, speaking of MC Hammer, I don't know if you know, but he has actually put out, um, actually put out a song that's uh, dealing with what we're dealing with today. You know, having people come together in a way that they haven't before. You know, you know, bringing people together through the Ebola crisis, through the refugee crisis, through you know wars. You know, we unfortunately, I hate to say this on the radio, we're we're having um, racial overtones, so to speak, in different parts of our country uh-huh. here, Jay. You know, and 
his music couldn't have been more timely. Uh, and I love the way he did it. Uh, MC Hammer, folks, if you don't know, Jay, I don't know if you're aware, he put out a new song called Don't Go. And it really is, he left it open, if you believe in God, if you're a Buddhist or whatever you are, to look towards the higher and connect with each other. And it's, it's. I, I have to say, I think, you know, I think the real hammer is back. Wow. And he and he didn't give access to the song right away. He actually was on Twitter, and you had to connect with him to get the song. So it's it's really, it's really been amazing that his just just his timing. His timing was just beautiful. It was amazing. And so we're look, you know, you're looking at someone who now who was done work with the gentleman who was part of Gangnam Style, and maybe that will also support him as well in the song that he's, you know, putting out there. Hammer has done such amazing work, Jay, as you know. He's doing a lot of work with youth. He's from your part of town in Oakland, California, and San Francisco area. So, you know, and he's done a lot of business in the tech area. So he knows what he's doing, especially from the tech side. He knows what he's doing. Um, I just hope it catches fire rapidly as... It, you know, as other things have been virally, you know, so that that's really great. So, what is our next soundbite, Jay? What are we going to talk about next? Well, the the I talked about I spoke about earlier about this new um, ultrasound. Now they can make three dimensional objects that you can feel and see out of ultrasound, out of sound intense sound waves. So that opens up a whole new type of technology where now you can have things, objects floating in front of you that assumes you can feel them, but they're not there. They're kind of made, they're three-dimensional sound objects made out of vibrations. So I think that's great. That's going to take us to another another height in technology to where now maybe you might not have to have uh, iPads sitting in front of you. You'll have a three-dimensional object and you can just control that as a controller and move those things around in midair. And you won't have to have a screen to uh, to do things with your computers now. Yeah, but here's the problem. Um, here's, a, here's the problem. You know, I had to find an issue, right, with the tech, <laughs> the tech part of it. It says ultrasound produces an effect known as acoustic radiation force. My concern is radiation. You have to check. Okay. Well, yeah, that, that's you know we got some some radiation is bad, but then some radiation is not as bad, or because you deal with you deal with radiation with your cell phones. So we we got to find out which radiation um, we're talking about because some of it is not. Uh, you deal with radiation every day, microwaves, your cell phones, putting your cell phone to your ear. Um, just some different levels of radiations are always there, so. But I do understand, you know, because there's a lot of power being generated. These things only can be generated with a ultrasound device. So until they figure out, you know, the side effects, it's just, uh, but there's a lot of potential. I think you know, it's amazing. These things, it, yeah. yeah. The only thing I, the only thing. With, um, Go ahead, I'm sorry. We can use these things no, as what? Go ahead. You know, yeah, in the medical fields, you know, um, that's one thing which we definitely can use these things where you can mimic uh, operations and do things 
in the air and be able to do things and use it as controllers to where you can, you know, practice, um, you know, take tumors and and, and taking out certain um, organs and you can kind of practice, you know, with your hands before you actually do the actual uh, procedure. So I think that's I think that's amazing, especially given today that we've been told a lot of our doctors do not want, and a lot of people don't want to go into the medical field. So if they have something like this, it'll have them look forward to it. And as you said, they can actually, you know, before they do the procedure, they can have an idea and feel and touch, you know, what they're going to be connecting with inside of a patient. Right. And, and that, that's great. They can put a hologram up there and actually feel, and they'll get that, a chance to really, really try it first before they actually touch the patient. So, this, I mean, it's a, it has a lot of potential. You know, we're just at the beginning of this virtual world of stuff, um, but... Um, you know, once they perfect it, you know, and like you said, to get some of these bugs out, the radiation, things like that, we don't know what type of radiation it is, what level of radiation it is. We don't want anybody to get cancer from this stuff. But, um, you know, it's just, it's just amazing what the mind can do and what technology can do. This is, Disney owns the rights to this new technology. So, wow. I'm sure they're going to make sure, they're going to make sure it doesn't hurt any, uh, you know. Well, since Disney owns the rights, right? Well, that's interesting because if Disney owns the rights to this and Disney owns the rights to the names, they should call this machine Gale. Ha, <laughs> I know. Uh, that's one of the top names for this year. So, well, but that's might, what I'm saying. They, you know. own, they own the rights to the technology. Why don't we just call it Gale Technology? What do you think, Jay? You're mocking Jay and I'm Gale for the technology of ultrasound. And no, actually, I, if you think of it, but no, if you think about it, Jay, it actually makes a lot of sense because Ultrasound is used in the cases of men, but for the most part with women. So I could usher in a new phase in technology and be called the Gale technology. What do you think? Oh yeah, that's, that's beautiful. I think that would be wonderful. But you're gonna have a lot of a lot of na- kids named after you, also. You know, your I know, name's like one I, of the top. I names. like the tech. I like the technology piece because you know that gives you know it, it, it just kind of you know, moves in with, you know, you know what I'm trying to say, Jay. It's just, I think it's better. I'll get, you know, you know, I'm making a difference with the technology. You know, anyone can have a name, you know, and like you'll be known as, you know, one in a million, Mr. Mockingbird Jay. What do you think? <laughs> uh, that name, is, I don't particularly yeah. want to be the Mockingbird guy, but I'll take it for oh. now since I'm in Japan okay. and you're over there. Right, and exactly, <laughs> and I can, and I can actually make fun of you. Um, and speaking of right. you know, speaking of this, you know, there is so much going on with regard to technology. And I love technology. I mean, seeing what I saw yesterday with Oculus that's just coming out, which is a similar technology to what you're talking about. Watching people think that they are really in a location that they're not, Jay. And here's the difference. This will not be an experience that you'll have alone with Oculus. What they're setting up is unprecedented. That's all I can say. It's, nothing has been out there like it. They're bringing in where you'll, it, it's a social experience. So if you and I have on the Oculus goggles, 
we will actually be I could I could be there with you in Japan. I could see where you are in Japan and actually be there with you and think that I am there with you. That's just wild. It just blows me away because I'm literally sitting here, but I could be over there in your world riding a bike. You know what I mean? That's 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 pretty um that's pretty remarkable. And a little bit scary at the same time when you think about it. What are your thoughts, Jay? Did we lose Jay here or did I? Are we still here? Hello? I'm wondering if, yeah, I'm wondering if this is done with cameras or mirrors. What's the technology behind it? Well, apparently some of the technology um, behind it, they didn't really go into, Jay. Just that the the virtual portion of this is um it, it's technology that's been used before but just perfected and okay so the model uh the model was so impressive that uh Zuckerberg from Facebook bought into it for two billion dollars wow yeah, and it goes on so it goes words, on film. Yeah, it goes on sale next week. What? It goes on sale next week. You'll be able to, um, they have an agreement with Samsung, a partnership with Samsung on the Galaxy. Now, what I'm not sure of, if it's the Galaxy tablets or the Galaxy um, phones. That's right. It goes on sale next week and it's workable with your Galaxy I believe tablet or phone. I'm not sure which one. It could be both. That's wild, isn't it? Yes, very wild. Because that means it's going to be if it's on your phone. That's it's just going to take things to a whole nother level. I know. I'm I'm sitting here too. I'm sitting here in awe as well. To a whole new level. A completely whole new level. I'm really excited about it, actually. You know, it's something. What I, but I do get concerned with Jay when we look at this. Uh-huh. You know, um, when we look at this technology, what I do really because they're going to start out with gaming, all right. And if people are interested, it's Oculus, O C U L U S dot com. Again, that's O C U L U S dot com. All right, and it's just like literally, you've got this thing. It it it, it looks like just what you've seen on on TV. Literally, what we've seen on TV. And it's working with uh, Samsung. So I mean, they've done it in in, in Spanish speaking countries. It's you can order one right now if you like. It's three hundred and fifty dollars, wow. which is that's not a lot of money. And it's uh right. because Samsung uses the OLED display, you know, it's it's just amazing. They're using OLED display as well. So it's going to be all I can say is it's going to be wild. It's gonna be wild. You know? Wow. It's gonna be wild. It's going to well, be wild. Well, that's what you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, that's uh, it's only three hundred dollars. So, I, in other words, I can, we can do our show on that unit, probably, huh? 
Yeah, sure, Jay. Mm-hmm. I'll be in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I wouldn't mind that, to be honest with you. I would not mind that. You know, so if we're going to go to Japan, that would be great. You know, that would be really great. You know, um, Jay, what I do get concerned about is technology for ultrasound is amazing because that will teach so many doctors before they go into procedures, cut back on this. What I'm concerned with with Oculus is about the kids that are going to get into it. Like, will it, you know, will it really affect their minds to a point where they're not even able to determine reality from virtual reality? That is what I'm really concerned about. Any thoughts on that? Um, well, technology is now taking it. Technology is going to take the uh, uh, take away the physicalness of being physical. It's kind of getting scary now. As you can, it's kind of like beam me up, Scotty. We're into this new age, and that sounds like beam me up. And I'm over here now. And um, I don't know. I don't know about that. I would be scared, you know. If you showed up over here and you're not really here. Your your physical self is here. And yeah, you, it is quite you know, scary. It is. It is quite scary. And, uh, you know, I guess, you know, Mr. Johnny must have had some later um, issues because I know that he's dealing with some meetings. So we'll just um, have Mr. Johnny back on next week. But, you know, um, just wanted to make sure we mention that to our audience. But one of the things, Jay, it is getting scary. I, You know, I'm wondering even can adults handle it? That's. You know, that's one of the things that I'm concerned. Can even adults handle it, handle this level of, like, what's happening, you know, in general? Can they handle it? Because even if we use it, there is still something to be said about that. You know, we can get lost in reality as well, you know. We can definitely get lost in reality, and that is can be an issue in itself. So I, I, I'm i a little concerned. And they intend to bring this out to the schools, Jay. They intend to bring this out to the schools. Okay. So I, want, I wonder what that's going to be like when kids in school, they want to bring this to young children. And I'm just concerned that that controls their minds and takes them away from reality. So I'm, I'm wondering, because anyone can buy this. As of next week, anyone can buy it. And that's that's a concern. And, and and with you having a daughter yourself, do you have any uh, thoughts about that? Hello. Yep. Hello. Uh, Jay. Yeah. Did we lose you for a second there again? Yeah, right. On uh, to, yes. With you having a daughter yourself. Still here. Uh, yes. With you having a daughter yourself, mm-hmm. my question to you is: With you having a daughter yourself, would you get her something like this? Ah, wow! I'm not ready to be beamed across the world. I don't know. That's kind of it's kind of very very. I think right now it should just be used for uh, diplomatic purposes and uh, United Nations, and when they have to take care of things real quickly. I don't know. I mean, beaming people across the world like quick and, you know, 
I mean, that's would you have scary. to go to work? Would you lose? Yeah. Would you, know, you lose would you have your to go to your work self. anymore? Yeah. Well, no. That combined that. But think about it. It's it's. You see, do you remember the Bruce Willis movie? Mm-hmm. And that Bruce Willis movie where they would plug him in and plug him out, like they he'd stay plugged in while somebody else went to work for him. That's kind of like where we're going right now. And that is a bit scary. I mean, that is what I'm concerned about. And not to keep going on and on on this topic, but seeing that I was, like, excited but concerned, you know, at the same time. So that's really um, all I can say. It's pretty scary. It's pretty, pretty scary. Yeah, and if you can combine that with the holographic uh, things where you could touch, you can actually put a person and be able to touch them. <laughs> Both those technologies together. So that's kind of really scary. Yeah, it is. Very, very. And so I can see, I can see what's going to happen in the next 15, 20 years. This is going to be a different world. You think so? Mhm. That's that's interesting. You think it's going to be a different world? I, yeah, I don't know. Now, well, you can make you can make images, and things are not really there, and you can make you can make things out of nothing that you can touch and hold. Okay. Well, Jay, we had a technical breakdown because I see that um, we have our guest on. So we're going to um, continue this conversation at a later time and bring on both Emmanuel Jahl, okay, and Miss Margaret Nagel. Margaret and Emmanuel, welcome. We're so glad to have you on the show today. Hi. How are you? We're fine. Hi, hi, Margaret. Hi, everybody. <laughs> hi, Emmanuel. And as all Good of you know, you. thank you, guys. And as you know, we have Jay Logan. He's he's actually coming in from Japan on the show with us today, our co-host. So we're really excited to Hello. have everyone. So, Margaret, and do we have Margaret and Emmanuel and Jay here? Yes, yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. So, so yep. audience members, we want you to know that Margaret uh, Nagel is the screenwriter for The Good Lie, and we have Emmanuel Jahl, who is one of the stars, and, and, and he's also from Sudan and has also lived a life of being a Sudanese former child soldier in Sudan. So we're going to get right into this conversation. We thank you guys for being on the show today, and there's going to be an iTunes release, which Margaret and Emmanuel will share with you later. And we just want all of you really to sit back and really get into this conversation with us. We're going to go from music to film, the importance of that, and and just like how it played a role. And we're going to follow uh, Margaret sharing with us about the good lie again and also having Emmanuel share with us what the experience was like for the audiences who saw it in Sudan and Kenya. So Margaret and... Emmanuel, we just ask you that you tailor the answers just to the questions so that everyone gets a chance to hear the rest of our questions towards the end of the show. Is that okay with you both? Yes. Great. Yes. 
So, Jay, are we ready to get started? Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, Margaret and Emmanuel, you know, the movie came out about the good lie. You know, a group of young people who were going through a civil war in Sudan, they lose their parents, their brother, you know, helps them get away, comes to, the con- you know, comes to this country. We're not going to say any more than that. And having the experience of coming from Sudan to this country, you know, we want, you know, Manuel, we're going to start with you today because this is an experience that you have personally had and that you shared with Jay and I a couple of months ago. I'd like to ask you, what was it like coming from this, coming from Sudan, losing everything, your your parents, everyone, and coming to this country? And then playing in a movie that resembles your life. What was that like for you? Did you have, did you have like experiences that had you go back, you know, for different moments in time while you were filming the movie The Good Lie? Well, like the movie, the script is what shocked each one of us because personally, when I read it, it took me through the journey. You know, I didn't know how serious this thing was until I read the whole script and I did not read it again since then. The only time I only focus on my part in acting. It's it's when I look at it I found this is my story. This is the story of my brothers and sisters. This is the voice of the dead. It's now reliving it again. But to taking everything short to where I am now today I feel like I'm still dreaming and haven't woken up yet, you know, which means the beginning of my dream was a nightmare, and now I'm trying to, I'm in a situation where I'm escaping the nightmare. There's good things on the way. You know, mm. the, the most important thing for every person who's suffering is their story being heard. So, like, what Margaret has done is took her 10 or 11 years to try to, fight for these voices, these prayers that all these young people walk in the desert, six, seven years old, burying their own dead, and so many who have seen their home burn down. She managed to combine the stories of all the journeys of the Lost Boys and made something that is now, every South Sudanese who have seen this movie, they feel like their story has been told. You know, one of the things I want to say to everyone, if you don't know what the Lost Boys are, the Lost Boys are the people of Sudan. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Emmanuel, that... The Lost Boys are children that left home, uh, like some of them were five, six, seven years old, and most of them became child soldiers. And so they left their home, some made it to Kenya, some were adopted went to Australia, some came to U.S., and some went to different parts of Europe, Australia. So this was a group of young people, thousands of them that were, most of them were orphans. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. You know, Jay, I know you had a question for Margaret in this regard. Would you um, share that with the audience and Margaret? Yeah, I want to know, Margaret, um, How was it experiencing the Toronto International Film Festival before the release? Did you attend that, or 
I mean, I'm just wondering, did you go there, and what was it like if you did? Well, I I did get to go, and thank I'm so grateful that I did because the Toronto audience, we were in the the second largest theater, which is about 800 seats. It's a beautiful jewel box of a theater, and Emmanuel was sitting right in front of me, and uh, Gare Diwani and Coop Wheel and Arnold Osang and Reese Witherspoon and Corey Stoll, and we didn't know. I, I'd never be, seen a movie with a big audience like that, and uh, at the they they were very attentive, very involved, and in the final frame of the film, they burst into a standing ovation in the dark before the credits wow. began to roll, and they stayed on their feet applauding through the entire credit sequence um, until we finally came out on stage, and we were backstage, and apparently that's never happened there before. People will stand up for a film when the actors come out at the end, but they don't spontaneously jump to their feet, and all 800 people did. I I was so overwhelmed, I kind of, and they had to get us backstage that I, I didn't fully experience it, but people wrote about it afterwards, and we were backstage, and the applause just kept going and going, and we all looked at each other, and we went, oh, my God, something just happened, because... We were sent there with incredibly low expectations and uh, and then came out on stage. And what was amazing is we had a press conference right there at the a Q&A, and they really wanted to talk to Emmanuel. They wanted to talk to Gare. They wanted to talk to this cast of actors, um, the, the Lost Boys and Girl. It, it wasn't about Reese Witherspoon and Corey Stoll. It was about them. It was about these incandescent and glorious, remarkable, authentic performances that they gave. I mean, Emmanuel is so good in the movie. Emmanuel, I just watched it again for an audience at Refuge Point up here in Cambridge where I am today, and it's just, your work is riveting. It's 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 funny and devastating and riveting, and, you know, they're so good in the film. So Toronto was uh, a great moment for all of us to sort of just say, oh, my God, we did it. We did it, because it took 11 years to get the film made. So to have that first response like that was was very powerful and and deeply gratifying. Thank you. You know, um, Emmanuel. Go ahead, Jay. I'm sorry. Well, uh, no. I'll um. What I wanted to add. I just want to add something for Emmanuel. I just want Emmanuel. Like now, when you guys shot the film, this is some of the the stuff I want to do. You guys shot the film in South Africa, but you used Atlanta, Georgia. Now, was this like being in Africa, doing some of it in? Atlanta, I mean, did you the same kind of landscaping, or why did you choose you guys choose uh, Georgia? Well, Atlanta is not standing in for Africa. Atlanta is standing in for Kansas City, and we shot there because it had tax breaks, and oh, okay. and we could sort of fake the similarity. And then South Africa, Kenya, Nairobi, the Kakuma refugee camp, they, it was all shot in those places. Africa is Africa in the film. Okay. All right, thank you. You know, one of the things, Emmanuel, I wanted to ask you, there was a scene in the movie where you were very angry that one of you was going to be separated when you came to the U.S. And I don't want to give away who that was or who it is, but I know that also when we spoke with you earlier on our show, there was a separation between you and your own sibling, okay? When you played that part in the movie, did it bring you right back to that when you were on the set and you were in the midst of that point? Did you feel that separation in your heart? I mean, like, the thing with the movie, because 
I was just getting into it. For me to be able to to get out of pot, I have to uh, to think about my childhood. I have to think about something terrible. So it's not something that is easy. That have to get. I have to get like five five seconds of getting myself in a terrible place, and that's when I can get lost into getting it. Okay. So that's, that scene, so that. that was a scene, Arnold talks about that scene too, Emmanuel, that when you guys were shooting, you know, Philippe yeah. had to stop the camera because it was so hard, it was such a hit and nerve for everyone in the scene as they, they were so authentic that their personal lives were so powerful behind it that it was, he had to stop filming for a minute, I believe. Well, wow. Well, you know, one one of the things, you know, my my other question to you is, you know, you had the movie seen in Sudan, okay, Emmanuel, and uh, Margaret shared with me offline that you got to see how the people reacted. Can you share with us and the audience here, what was it like for the people to see the good lie in Sudan and for you also to go back there and experience it with them? Hello? Yeah. Did you hear us, uh, Emmanuel? It kind of like cut a bit. Can you repeat it? Sure. What was it like for you uh, to go to Sudan and see this movie with your fellow men there and have this movie shown there and watch it together with them? What was it like for you and what was it like for the people there in Sudan? Well, I've not taken the movie to be screened yet, but well, we screened it in Kenya recently. What I see is this movie can unite my country at the moment because people are at war, and it touches every part of the story, and it reminds us about how war can fester and destroy people's souls and rob the village its peace. And so I think this movie came at such a right time, and if we use it properly, it can do uh, great work. Well, Emmanuel, and then we're going to go back to Margaret. Emmanuel, I want to ask you something. You live in, you've been to, you live in Toronto now. You've been in the states. How does this movie? Do you see? Does this movie correlate with what is going on in Sudan? Does it correlate anything to what you see on the urban streets here in this country? Do you see any correlation there? Well, the experiences are different. You know, when you come from a different country to a new country, you'll always have the the lifestyle that clashes what you have. And most of the lost boys that made it and became so successful and finished their schools are those ones that were adopted into families, are those ones that were given an extra hand. Those who never got that support, kind of like been sucked in by the society. You find, like, They've gone into the street. Maybe they've taken the drugs, or maybe they're in jail, or they're involved in crime, because they can't seem to cope with the way the system is. Those are those who did not find healing. Those who did not find a hand to to help them move forward. If you look about, you can't compare situations. Sometimes, what I would say is, whoever is cutting the load knows how heavy that load is. In South Sudan, they don't know how the experience is here in the United States, where you're in a place where you can't pay your, your your bills and then you have to give out. There's no place where you can go and plant food. 
that you have to pay rent. You know, most of other parts is people eat to live, and in some other parts they they live to eat. I don't know if I'm making sense. Oh yes, you are. Yeah. Thank you so much. That that was very profound. Um, Jay, I know you had some questions for Emmanuel and and Margaret. Yeah. Um. Uh, I wanted to know, Emmanuel, how did you, um, did, how did you get the script? Did you audition for it, or did you, did they just come and call you on the phone, or did you get it through an email or social media? How was that done? Well, I was asked to help find access. <laughs> That's what I was doing. Then later on, they asked me. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And, okay. And, um, Margaret, I want to ask you, and being, you know, the good lie, and we know what it means. Yeah, everyone has to go and see this movie because you'll get what it means. It's so poignant in the movie, The Good Lie. And you really have to, you'll really connect. You don't even have to. You'll connect with it to understand what The Good Lie really is. And, Margaret, I want to ask you, how did you come up with this name, The Good Lie, for the movie? I mean, it's clear when you watch the movie, but how did you come up with that name for it? I I didn't come up with the name. the, The film had a different title. And um, Brian Grazer and Ron Howard wanted me to find a different title for the film, the one that I had they didn't like. And so, or they just didn't think it was interesting enough. And uh, I have a friend who is, uh, his name is Glenn Fryer. He deserves full credit. He's, he's a lawyer in New York. And he's sort of the title whisperer. And so I sent him a script, and uh, he came back with a list of titles like about 50 titles, and the good lie just jumped out. Because it's very hard sometimes to title your script. You're so in it. it. You know, when you're writing it, you're so in the middle of it. To stand far enough back to be able to give it a title is a very difficult thing. So Glenn and then uh, both Ron and uh, someone else I had talked to had also come up with that title. And then Ron and, and Brian really loved that title. So that, that's how it, it, it went for seven or eight years with a different title. Uh, so, but I'm very pleased with the title. I, I'm I'm very happy with it. But we did have to explain uh, to a lot of the Lost Boys what the title meant. That it wasn't in any way a, a criticism of any kind on them or their culture or community. And just, so I had to write a letter to all of them and, and explain the, to them what the title was. And then they were like, "Oh, we love this. That's great." And they were very supportive. You know, and that brings me to the next question, Jay. You know, with Margaret and Emmanuel. Emmanuel and Margaret, you're shooting this movie in South Africa and different places and in Kenya and in Nairobi. How did culture play a part in this movie? You know, did you come into any issues with culture? Did you have to explain things? Would you share that with us, Margaret and Emmanuel? Well, I know with this, I know from the writing perspective, not the shooting perspective, which Emmanuel has, I vetted the script. Um, with the Lost Boys community around the country, and they all knew early on when I first started the project what the script was going to be about, how I was going to tell the story, who the characters were. So that that was all very clear to them. I had created the story, created the characters before I met the Lost Boys, and then uh, I met with a large group of Lost Boys from around the country who were sort of representing their various communities, 
and I ran the entire story by them. And uh, so that was so, and that was great. They felt that I did understand their culture, and I was telling the right story, and I had their support. What about from your perspective, Emmanuel? What what played part in the cultural aspect of shooting this movie? I think like the script did. Uh, the script wasn't really hard for for the people to look at it, especially when we're all shooting it. It's like the the person who wrote it, Margaret, knew, knew the culture. She just managed to take things in. The only thing probably we may have brought in to, to mix in the culture is the music, the musical element of it. But all other stuff, Margaret already already got it, and it was already in it. And it's, there was no culture, a lot of culture clash in the shooting. I think the people who were doing the movie were already aware of what they're doing. Thank you. Uh, Jay, do you have any questions for Margaret and Emmanuel? Yes. Emmanuel, what is the impact of this in your in, in, in your native country? What are the people saying on the continent of Africa? What 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 is the what is the hype and what are they saying to you? Your friends and people who know you and excited about what you have done this movie. What's the, what is the response? Uh, different response. Other people say, oh, my God, I never knew this thing really happened just in the corner. Those who don't know, oh, is this how life was? You know, oh, you know, because people are reacting differently. So the way the movie went, movies are the way to reach masses really fast. And so the reaction has been positive. And in South Sudan, the country is at war now, so not many people, they know about the movie, but the movie is not yet aired there. Probably not that it's available on DVD, so it will really go there smoothly, easily. You, you know, one of the things, you know, based on, Jay, what you just asked, Emmanuel, you know, Emmanuel, I'd like to ask you, you shared with us, um, at both you and, and Margaret, you both shared with us, you know, the reaction has been great. But what has been the most surprising reaction that you've had that, may not, you know, will show either ignorance or people just truly not understanding what is being conveyed in the movie. Can each of you just share, like, one experience that just kind of just took you by surprise? It's a, what I found is, like, how people get inspired and how people become thankful of what they have. And now people become feel, look, I can be part of this global community to make a difference. And other people find their purpose. So it's a movie that speaks in different ways. You know, there's different, uh, it, it, it can make you cry, it can make you laugh, it can make you want to do things. So it, where every person will have a different reaction, but it will push people toward one direction. But what has been the most surprising reaction, uh, Emmanuel? Not, not. I'm, this, of course, it's positive reactions. But what has been a, a reaction that you were even shocked to receive that wasn't so positive? Have you had any experiences that you could share with the audience that where you just didn't understand why the person didn't get it? I have not been in a situation. I haven't met someone who didn't get the film yet. But okay, that's great. I, that's, people, I haven't either. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, go yeah. on, Margaret. 
No, I, I yeah. haven't either, and I've been to screenings all over the country. I've probably now been to 18 screenings. I've never had someone not understand it. What I haven't had people understand is why they would want to see the film. That's been the hardest part. Once people are in the film, you know, we have this A-plus cinema score, which is an incredibly hard thing to get, and the fact that we have anything above a B and that it's an A-plus, it means that every person who leaves the film absolutely loves the film and is on the same page. The film does its job. The problem is getting people to see the film because they think, oh, it's going to be hard to watch or it's going to be upsetting or this, that, or the other thing, and of course it's not. It's, it's incredible. It's funny. It's uplifting. It's inspiring, and not, and it's never sentimental. It's never, it's, it's tough. It's muscular. I mean, it's, it's some hardcore storytelling there. So, uh, what's interesting to me is that when you go and tell a story with all the specifics of Sudanese culture or any culture, when you get specific in your storytelling, it becomes more universal and rather than less universal. And uh, so after screenings, I've had lots of people lining up who are, for example, Indian, from India who have come to this country, and they say, this is my story. This is the story of my family and my brothers. Or people, uh, when I screened it in Miami, we had all kinds of, we had Cuban refugees, we had Puerto Ricans, we had all people from all backgrounds saying, this is my story, this is my movie. So what surprised me was that, the, I've even had Irish people say Sudan is just like Ireland. We were oppressed people. We lost two million. A million had to escape. We came to the United States. We we lost so much. We had to rebuild. We had to hold on to our faith and our families. So it's it, the universality of the story. I wasn't prepared for people to identify it so closely with it, uh, and and that's been a, an incredible takeaway. One of the things I want to ask you, you said something very powerful, uh, Margaret. Uh, first to you, Margaret, what is, why would and why should somebody want to come and see this movie? And then, Emmanuel, if you would answer that secondly, why would someone want to come to see this movie? Share why and the importance of it, Margaret. Well, first of all, it's incredibly entertaining. It's a really great movie. If you like movies and, and you want a great a, a, an incredible epic tale. It's an intimate epic. It's uh, it's about a family. It's very specific. It's shocking. It's funny. It's about the resilience of the human spirit. I mean, these people take on hardcore stuff. These You watch kids grow into adults, and it's not about just vast numbers of people. It's about this one little family of children and how they grow up and become the adults that they are. It, it's an immigrant story. They come to the United States and what they deal with here. And then it, the story goes back to Sudan. So it's uh, why should they see the film? I know they'll love the film. You can't get an A-plus cinema score. If someone gave it a B, it wouldn't be an A-plus. I know that the reason it's an A-plus is everyone walks out loving it. So you just have to take it, uh, trust Emmanuel and I, that you're going to love this movie, because I know you will if I get you to go there. Yeah, and Emmanuel, what are it's your thoughts? It's, it's a movie that will change people's life. And, you know, there's, a, there's an Indian movie that was done before called Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. And, and I went and watched it. You know, I didn't, I didn't go and watch it because it's an Indian movie, but I watched it because there's a story. This is children. So now this, the Good Life movie, the children of South Sudan, how they managed to survive and make their way to U.S., and it's a true story. 
So for anybody who loves movies, who loves entertainment, uh, that that get enjoyed. It has got all aspects that uh, a lot of movies need. Well, um, uh, I'm sorry, Margaret and Emmanuel, we have just three more questions for you, and I know Jay has um, some questions for you. So, Jay, would you go ahead? I, I think I took over from you a little bit. <laughs> go ahead, Jay. Yeah, I want to know if there will be a good lie too, and if they if there is, can a script a new script be written, or was this the this is where it ended? It all happened, and this was it. Or could there be a sequel movie? Well, there can always be a sequel because, um, but the the public has to go see this movie first for us to be able to have a sequel. They have to go download it on iTunes and get it on video on demand coming up, but. I think that um, the story of Sudan goes on and on, and it's an epic tale, and it, they're uh, going to war. Things are very bad in Sudan right now. I mean, they're they're in really poor shape, and it's it's really hard times for this country. And, and lost boys and girls who have grown up and gone to school are, are going back to Sudan and trying to help with the conflict. So there's always more to tell. It's, an, it's a never-ending story. And the Sudanese people are absolutely remarkable, the, the South Sudanese, and they they deserve everything. They deserve everything and more, and they, and they deserve the world's attention, which is another reason why uh, the movie, I was so uh, intent on getting it made, even though um, so many people said it couldn't be made. Uh, because I know in the end of the day that besides providing entertainment, it's life-changing I my my goal my hope is that it will bring and shed light on what's happening in South Sudan in a in a bigger way than it has been before, and that can only help. Well, one of the things, one of my uh, next two questions, and this will be the end of it, will be. I watched the movie, and I've watched it three times, as a matter of fact, and you know, one of the things I would say that I left with Emmanuel and Margaret is this. That and then I'd love I'd love your remarks after this. I had always wondered why people from other countries came to the U.S. and appreciated their time here so much, and that in this country in the U.S. sometimes you know a lot of people in the U.S. will say you know oh uh, people come to this country they take our jobs whatever no what it is is that when people come from one country where they have lost everything there's nothing else for them to lose but to create something for themselves and their countrymen back home. When you've gotten to the place that you have nothing, not even a rent to pay, a home to pay, a place to call home, you're moving from place to place. You've lost your parents. You become resilient. All you have left is yourself, and you want to make a difference with the people that you have at home or the people that are you. Whether you're in India, whether you're in Africa, whether you're in Jordan, over in the Middle East, or New Zealand, or Australia, you lose everything, you become stronger within yourself, resilient, and you want to give back. Because every human being needs love. And every human being, whether you're in a relationship between a man and a woman, a mother and a father, a sister and a brother, we all want someone that we can trust who's going to love us for who we are and we can love them for who they are. That's the human spirit. And that's what I found. I had a unique understanding that put me closer to people that I love from around the world, their resiliency and their strength, a strength that is you can't even measure, you can't even understand. 
And it made me as a woman stronger. Um, I was very touched by it. So I want to ask you, is that the, Emmanuel and Margaret, is that, am I correct in what I'm saying, that when you've lost everything, there's a resiliency that you have, that you want to make things better for other people and for yourself in a way that people may not understand. It's something you can't even put into words. Well, I what think Emmanuel should answer that, yeah. I think in the process, you know, when you when you want to help others, is it helps you in the process. That's something I came to discover later because I found myself busy trying to give back home, but I realized it's actually giving back to me. It's actually helping me as a person and shift me, and it helped me create my future, and it helped me into walking into a purpose. So the desire, once you have that calling that you want to do, because why should somebody like Margaret care about South Sudan? She should have written another story. But I'm, I guess probably in the process of Margaret doing that, she realized actually she's helping herself in the process. There's a story that Margaret always shared about a, 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 a relative. I think Margaret, I don't want to water it down, but... You said that story, and it's so powerful how you combine that story with the story of the lost boy. Oh, the story of my brother. Yeah, my own brother, was in a, he was in a car accident when he was two, and he severed his brain stem, and he lived, and he's a spastic quadriplegic with a brain injury. And um, I always wondered why it was him and not me. And uh, we communicated without words, and, and he... I always felt I, we lived in a precarious home environment, and I felt very protective of him and that I had to make sure that he survived. And so my life was about giving to him and making sure he was okay, and I shared a room with him growing up, and we did everything together. So when I looked at the commitment of these these children to each other and, and how they had to survive on their own, I, I identified. And there's a there's a hand game that they play in the film and uh, that is very important at the beginning and, and at a, another moment. And it's a game that actually I used to play with my brother because he could move his one hand and we would play this game. So there was something about this story that um, it gave me strength and, and writing the story and getting it made. For me, the idea that giving is so much better because that will, when you've been traumatized in childhood and you've gone through hell, it's the giving as an adult when you get to that place where you can give. That's what makes you better. That's what heals you. That's that's kind of the part that makes you whole again and puts the broken pieces back together. And I think that, you know, Emmanuel, his music is all over this film. His music is stunning. Emmanuel is he's a great musician, and he wrote some beautiful pieces that are in the film that absolutely lift the story even higher. And uh, so it's it, it was sort of a a meeting of the minds for me with this story and, and, and these people and, and getting the opportunity and the privilege to try and tell their story and then not wanting to fail them, wanting to, the responsibility I felt, it was so great, you know. I'm sorry, I just, it was such a great responsibility and I wanted to make sure that we got there because their story is so important. It's so important and it's still happening. You know, um, uh, Emmanuel and um, and um, Margaret, um, 
There is someone who's on our line. He wasn't able to call in earlier, and I would like to. I know that you both have to go, but I'd like to bring him on because I think this is poignant. He is the commercial attache to Haiti. And as you know, Haiti has shared something. So I'd like to bring him on to meet the both of you right now. He was our first guest. And because I think there's so much, there's a commonality here. Would you allow us five more minutes of your time, Emmanuel and and, uh, Margaret? Sure. Sure. Okay. Hello, Mr. Uh, Mr. Johnny, you are on right now the, on live on the radio with Jay Logan from Japan and also Margaret Nagel and Emmanuel Jahl. And we ask that you come on because we know that, you know, you're from Haiti and Emmanuel Jahl is from Sudan. He's a former child soldier of, uh, of Sudan. And they've done a movie with Warner Brothers called The Good Life. And I just thought it would be great to have you on since you're dealing with the arts community and Jay and Sherry had you come on. I just want to be great for you guys to connect in a way for our audience to hear something very powerful. I have a question, Jay, and I think you're going to chime in here too, Jay. The question I have is Haiti went through its own civil war, okay? And Emmanuel Sudan went through its civil war, okay? And there were losses and so deeply taken that even myself, Margaret, and Jay will never understand. I would like to ask from you two men, both of you, in sharing with each other, what was it like to experience the losses of your friends, your family members, whatever, through a civil war? Can you share that with us? You know, um, Mr. Johnny, if you could share that for a very short period because we don't have them too long, but if you could share with Emmanuel so he gets a sense, what was it like on the ground? to have such losses in Haiti during the Civil War and what you appreciate about being here now. Well, uh, uh, thank you for having me, uh, Gail. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm sorry I was in another, another meeting. They were holding me up, and they didn't want for me to leave. I, I, I had to beg them, beg them, uh, and I had to show them my, 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 my messages to show them that the radio was waiting for me. Okay, so thank you for your questions, and I'm glad to talk with Margaret uh, Nego and also Emmanuel J. So that's a pleasure to to be with you guys. So, uh, Gail, this is a very nice question you 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 asking. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, in Haiti, we had some some unrest uh, from time to time, but we never we we haven't been uh, in a civil war. I mean, we've been trying to stay away. From that, from the civil wars, uh, for many, many, many years. But nevertheless, uh, we have some incidents where where we have some loss of lives. You know, uh, sometimes, you know, of course, this is a, a painful thing. And then we had some previous governments uh, many, many years ago that uh, that was trying to do some some cleaning uh, in the country. They they, they tried to 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 get rid of some some people. So uh, if you were touched by that, so it's a painful experience, and the country suffered a lot uh, for, from such behavior. But uh, for about 20, 25 years, we trying to get on, on, on uh, uh, trying to have a democratic uh, system, democratic government, where we where we have to protect you know the the the, li- the life of, of the people. Where we're trying to respect, you know, the uh, the, the the human rights uh, of everybody. So n- right now we're not having 
uh, that much of that, but in the past that used to 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 happen, and that's that's of course a very very painful experience that we don't wish that for any for anybody. But thank God that Haiti is um, is is doing much much better uh, now, so we're not we're not we're not experiencing that at the moment. Oh, I, I do understand that, but I know at a time, there was a time in history you were, and it was, you know, 20, 25 years ago. It's not that long ago, and, um, you know, it's something I just know that you could appreciate. And, yes, Emmanuel, yes, um, is there anything you wish to share in regard to what Mr. Johnny has said? Well, he said, like, if if the conflict would have touched you, then the pain is difficult. You know, you know, I come from a situation where 98% of the people in the country lost somebody they know, brother or sister. Uh-huh. No. Emmanuel, we and can't I, hear you too well. Emmanuel, we can't hear you too well. Can you speak just a little louder for our audience? Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Hello? Yes, we can I hear say, you. I come yeah. from a country where 98% of every person has lost somebody they know. And seeing the war has begun, seeing as a child, I've not found a time to mourn yet for the loved one. Even recently, recent war now, our government turned fire on, on, on civilians and doing ethnic cleansing, where 60 people from my family got killed, including two of my brothers and also one of my stepmother. And so now that consistency of drama happening, you know, for those who don't know how to manage it, they have so much pain that you, you don't even know how to describe it. Imagine for a, mm-hmm. for a person to to experience war in itself for the first time, you think the world is ending. You know, when we talk about hell, I don't know if there's any other hell than the hell that some people are experiencing. At that moment when you hear those bombs exploding and you see... Uh, six, seven years old, burying their own dead. You see child soldiers in the battlefields. You know, when you see the war festering, destroying people, that is hell in itself. But, you know, I think we human beings are able to cope with the situation. And I've come, I'm here today. I think, like, I haven't found a chance yet to mourn for the dead, for the loss. Because there's something happening, you know. Tomorrow you hear another news and another news. I used to see my mother cry almost every Sunday or almost every day, and then she not, and then she never cried anymore for a for a while. And so, and I think our body begin to our body begin to adapt to it. But when things cool down now, then we get hit by another war. Everything that is in our in our head begins to play itself. So now you have the second phase, which is the most difficult phase, the internal scars that take a lifetime to heal, you know. And those are the parts that if they don't heal, you know, the physical scars when somebody's cut, those ones could be treated by doctors easily, but the internal ones are what actually can heal a nation, are what that can recreate the future if those... Those here in place. Very, very, very powerful. And Jay, Jay, and, and Margaret, would you just, you know, share, 
you know, your thoughts on, you know, what we're speaking about here. Well, I think that kind of trauma stays in your genetic DNA and that you pass it down and that it takes four or five generations, if that, it may be more to process it because, you you know, you, you're raised by a mother who is traumatized and she passes that on to you or her fear of loss. And then you pass that because that's the way you were parented and that's the way your parents thought. You pass it on to your children and it, it takes several generations to get that kind of grief and mourning and traumatic shock out of out of a kid. And so I, I none of this the, the cost of these civil wars is not just the generation it's happening to, it's many, many subsequent generations. And anything, uh, Jane, would you share your thoughts, please? I like to commend you guys on this movie with the things that are going on in our country right now. This movie is a godsend, and it's very good for the health of our country. And I just think that you brought some things and you touched some things here that really, really brings to light, you know, what's going on over there. And um, this is just a great thing. It's just amazing how God works. It's just beautiful. It is beautiful, and I want to say one last thing to um, Emmanuel and and uh, Mr. Johnny. You know, I thank you both because what you and Margaret have done and Mr. Johnny has done is to show our country that we should appreciate our own country the way others who come to our country appreciate it. Sometimes it's the way you appreciate a woman or a man that you're involved with. You don't appreciate it until someone else shows another interest. So we thank you for that. And a very, very last thing that we have to say to Emmanuel and Margaret before I know they have to leave. Margaret and Emmanuel, um, how do you think the arts plays a big part on and making a difference? You know, uh, uh, Emmanuel, starting with you for your music, and Margaret, starting with you for film. Like, how do you guys think in your respective industries that it makes a difference? I think art in itself, whether it's music, or acting or pictures painted in the world of culture play a big history. I mean, it's it's a it's a comfort in itself. If you remove it from our world, it be fight will be like a world made of mad human beings who don't know where to go. So art in itself has got a soothing effects that make us heaven. Wow. Thank you, Emmanuel. And and Margaret, your thoughts? I just think that art is a universal language that we all can speak and that it's without borders or boundaries or flags and that it's a way for us to communicate with one another without uh, bringing our history or religion or race to bear. And it frees us to be the human beings we were meant to be and to, and to touch one another emotionally and connect with one another. So I'm I believe that art is uh, a, a a way to peace. I really do. And so with that said, we just want to thank you for coming on, and Mr. Johnny will have you stay on for a few more minutes. What I'd like to okay. ask of Mr. Johnny and Emmanuel mm-hmm. and Margaret is to connect so we have the possibility of having this movie seen in Haiti. What do you think about that, Jay? That would be wonderful. Ben. Um mm-hmm. That would be wonderful. They'll just connect. They'll connect the dots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And Margaret, mm-hmm. Margaret and Emmanuel, would you like <laughs> to have the movie seen in Haiti? That would be great. Dream. I've been always wanting to go to Haiti. 
<laughs> okay, thank so, you. That, we would love to have it. Yeah. <laughs> so listen, Jim, that would be put all of you. We'll put all of you, the three of you, together so that you can connect, and Jay and I will ensure that you connect so that this can happen. And just just so you know that it, the film is available on December 9th on iTunes for downloading, uh, and we're putting it out that day in celebration of Human Rights Day on December 10th, and then it'll be available on DVD and on VOD on December 23rd, and, and we're very mm. proud, and we really want people to see it. And Jay and I, for, and for Savoy and Listen Give, we want the United Nations to know that we're bringing this film to you for the United Nations Humanitarian Day. So we look forward to talking with you guys about it. And uh, Mr. Johnny, would you stay on with us for a few minutes? And Emmanuel and Margaret, it is always good to have you on the show, and thank you for being on today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I would like to say to them that I'm over in Japan, and I will share with all my new Japanese friends. So we'll come over. Thank you. Great. All right. Bye, Emmanuel. Bye. Bye, Emmanuel. Bye, Margaret. Thanks. So, Mr. Johnny, Jay and I are so glad that you were able to make it from your meetings to be with us. And we just had a few questions for you, um, you know, about technology and women. (laughs) So, um, Jay's going to start with you this time since you and I had got the uh, opportunity to have time together. So, Jay, are you ready? Um, first of all, I, great to finally get to talk to you, sir. <laughs> yes, um, it is a pleasure, Jay. It's a, ple- it's a pleasure. Uh-huh. Well, my first my first question to you is that, as far as outsourcing, will other countries be able to outsource, or are they are they outsourcing technology to Haiti? Is that something that's in the future, or is that something being done now? Uh, kind of like um, we outsource things to India and other countries. Is Haiti, is that in the future of what's going to happen, or are we doing that now with, with, with okay. Haitian people? Yes, we, we, we're not doing that now. As a matter of fact, we, there's something that we are looking for. We're trying to get um, more businesses from the, from the, we're trying to connect more with the outside world, you know. So we are, we're hoping to get that. The country is getting ready. Uh, um, for that, as I discussed with um, with Gail the, 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 the last week, uh, we ha- we are having making progress in the tech industry. So I was telling her how much we have and uh, making comp- tablets, you know, and trying to make computers uh, in Haiti now. Uh, so the Asians are getting more savvy. We have we have a young population. They're very knowledgeable, and we are getting we we we're getting ready. So this is this is one this is one of my duties is to bring business to Haiti, and then I, I'm hoping in the near future so we will be able at the we will we will be at the receiving end uh, for 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 outsourcing. Well, you know, Jay, what's really interesting about the question you just asked, Jay, is that um, in sharing about. Uh, technology and outsourcing, Jay, which is a, an amazing question, and I'm gonna I'm gonna steal a little bit here from you, Jay. Is that okay? Hello, Beautiful. are we still here? Yes. Okay, just want to make sure yes, we don't lose each here. other. 
Okay. So, you know, um, bouncing off of Jay's question, you know, you spoke about women and these tablets, okay? And one of the things, you know, when we hear the word women, you know, Jay and I have had a lot of people on the show talking about women. What I loved about what you shared was that the women were getting involved with the making, were getting involved with the making of these tablets. Can you share if women and men together are partnering up to create these tablets together? That's what I would love to know. Oh yes, I mean definitely we are, we do have uh, men in the company. Uh, but uh, the the people making the the tablets, you know, they are they are by and large women because in the in the blind test the women they did their better they did they did much much better than the men. Uh, so so hey, I man. mean, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I mean when I when I was with the company and I was surprised, you know, when they told me that I thought. That was something that was done by design, but it was not, it was not quite by design. But I mean, it happens because they just selected the the, the people making the better better grades. You know, they were women, and since then they find out that that is a good thing because the women they are very reliable, uh, they they persevere, they take their their their, their job very seriously, and then to see a young Haitian. 1920, 22, and then making a tablet from scratch, you know, from 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 zero to 100. I mean, they do each tablet. Each person does one tablet completely. So I mean, this is this is fine. Those those, those young ladies, those young ladies, they will be real experts, you know, and and tablet making, and they will they will understand the whole. Um, build uh, the whole building uh, uh building up uh, of a computer they will they will they will they will they will get it down down very 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 well so i think that's that, that, that that that's a beautiful thing that's a beautiful thing for for the young ladies well i think that you and jay mm-hmm. might be getting yourselves in trouble as gentlemen because you know the other guys are going to oh. say what about us <laughs> but the the question i oh. my last question jay to mr johnny um for giving it back over to you is, is i wanted to know you know we we deal with gender equality around the world. You know, Jay, you, you constantly hear about women are, you know, coming to the forefront, you know, and, you know, women are great leaders. And, and, and I'm a woman, so therefore I agree with that. And I also think that it's amazing that Haiti is having its own tablet that's being made by hand from beginning to end by people. You know, it's not like a um, an assembly line or a machine, but by people themselves. You know, and what do you see for the future of this tablet with Haiti, you know, since it is made by hand and, you know, which to me shows more precision in having it done. What do you see for the future of Haiti and its commerce with these tablets being put out? Oh, well, uh, thank you. This is a very interesting uh, question. So in Haiti now, Haiti starts to become becoming get, getting to, I mean, becoming known as a as a place where they're making good tablets, because we have people from South America, from Europe, and from Africa coming to Haiti, uh, not only to visit the plants and also to have, to have, to have contract with with the company because those tablets they are handmade. You know anything that is handmade. 
is 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 uh, the construction is somewhat better and there is more care into it and knowing that they were making by young young people so that 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 that, that makes them even more attractive so in in the future uh, but Haiti is a place where they they love to you to you do to do things by hand you know they are not too machine oriented so they they prefer to uh, to do to do things um, manually and like I mentioned to you the last time, even agriculture, so they don't want the big, big uh, 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 farms, you know, and they would rather, they prefer to have uh, smaller lot plots, you know, where they can have organic agriculture. So everything is is almost, uh, men, I mean, hands, hands-on and man-made. So in the future, Haiti is going to produce more, more tablets and they will they will do laptops you know and other other uh, computers and with that system so I think they will they will become they will become a very uh, a very well known and a very good country where people can can get good handmade uh, 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 computers right that's a that's a that's, that's wonderful. Um, they're also making uh, the the third tab and also cell phones, also right. Yes, yes. They 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 get they get they they are both together into cell phones and and, uh, and, uh, and 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 laptops, you know. But for now, they are making they are making the, the tablets because the demand is so much for the uh, tablets. They have uh, countries uh, calling them and countries calling me. Uh, trying to get to get contract with them so they can supply uh, schools and then they supply other other countries with with, with those uh, tablets. I mean they are so durable. They are well made. The, the quality, I mean, is there? I mean, they they, they they told me there is nothing like them on the market. You know, so they can compare them with the top uh, laptops. You know, I mean, laptop tablets uh, in the inter- international market. They find out that theirs and they really done much, much better and in the top of the line. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This, is, this, is, this, is, this is wonderful that uh, the technology is playing a role over there because I know a lot of the times the financial situations, a lot of things are done on the phones and laptops for us to move money around the country because of the, you know, the things that have taken place over there. But now you can use your, your, your tabs and your uh, phones to you know pay bills and to get money to certain individuals. So this is great that um, that that Haiti is, is taking this initiative to to do things in technology and becoming a a factor. Um, I I can't wait to see some of the products you know and and experience them um, in some of the Android right. tablets. Uh, yeah, so I this is incredible. It's good and uh, whoever thought of this, they wow. It's a good good idea. Great. <laughs> very, very good idea. Very very good very good idea. Very good idea. And also we have a company, is a cell phone company, uh, in Haiti called uh, Digicel. The Digicel is is done very 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 good, and they're trying to renovate. I mean the uh, the system in Haiti, and they're working closely with the people, and they 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 would like to get the phone in the hands of everybody, and at the same time they're trying to get the tablet at, at the end. At the at the hand of, of of every student, 
so the government is trying that too. The president and the prime minister, and they're trying to 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 order a lot of lot of tablets to make sure that you know they are in the schools they have them, the children they have them, and the big they will be um, become co- uh, computer savvy. Like you said, right now in Haiti, you can you can do all your transactions online. I mean, if you have your tablet, you online with your with your tablet, and also. The other beautiful thing with the uh, tablet, you can use your your tablet as as a cell phone. You can talk from from your your tablet. You know you do you do you do everything. You pay your bills. You know you you. I mean you anything you can do here you can do it there uh, with, with with the system. So this is a very 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 good thing for the country. So I I I want to ask is the uh, Haiti. Is it set up with Wi-Fi towers around some of the major, or to pay in some of the major cities? Uh, is it free Wi-Fi, or do you still have to purchase like, uh, Wi-Fi or um, some way of getting onto the Internet? Or is it uh, just free free in certain areas? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Wi-Fi. You most of the time you have to pay for. You have to pay for for it based on where you are. You 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 pay for it, but then is is not as expensive. So they are very reasonable reasonable uh, plans, you know. So and and some places, yeah, if you are by some companies or some school, you will have, you will have free Wi-Fi in the area. But by and large, you will you have to 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 pay, to pay for 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 this service. Because of the cost uh, from the from the companies, so they they don't they can, I don't think they can afford it yet to give it to give it entirely for free. But this, but this is something that will come in the future. That is great. That's wonderful um, to know that. Um, I, I, one of the one of the most important things that I, uh, Gail that I wanted to ask him, and I know you guys touched on this, but I, I, I'm I want to know about. Um, the compass music there in in Hay. I want to well, know about that. And <laughs> well, Jay, we'll, we'll actually have to ask him to come on a third time because we have to. Uh, okay. Our show is ending. <laughs> but, but, but Mr. Um, Johnny, we thank you for being on the show. We will be sharing yes. with people on Savoy and also on Listen Give about Mr. Johnny and all the amazing work he's done. And Mr. Johnny, one thing we, can, we before we go. Do not forget, you promised that Jay and I would get a tablet to test. Oh yes, yes, yeah. We, we, we have to make sure that we get we get we get you a, a tablet. I would like for you to have one in your hand to check it to check it firsthand, and then see 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 so you can see the quality. So you will fall fall in love with the tablets, and you will recommend it to all your all your friends. Yes, and we will share. We will share with everyone on our radio show. Jay and I will That's share right. with everyone about it. But thank you for being on our show, Mr. Oh. Johnny, and taking the time mm-hmm. to be with us. And Jay, as usual, thank you for tuning in. Until next week, everyone, we thank you. And next week we will have the first female DJ who's well respected worldwide around the world, Miss Mary Malik, next week, who's actually from Sudan. So thank you, everyone, and we'll have more guests later. And have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you all. Bye now.